Hey there, folks. This is Rish Outfield from the future. Everybody loves chalupas. And uh, I'm sending you this message from 2021. The episode that you're about to hear is from 2020. And I sat on it for a good long time. I did an episode about the background of this episode, where it was uh, a good enough episode, I think is what I called it. It was, um, you know, what is good enough? You have to write a good story. What is a good story? By whose definition? How do we get there? Kind of thing. And uh, the, the rest of what you're about to hear was recorded, I believe, in September of 2020. Uh, I'm not sure, though. I almost said I don't know. I didn't want to have to do that sound effect. I don't know. But I sat on it. I didn't... I, 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 I wasn't sure... Huh? whether I should release it or not, because it, I didn't know if it was interesting. Damn, I did it again. If it was interesting. I'm going to make a rule that I didn't know does not count for the I don't know. Ugh. So I thought that people would not enjoy a brainstorming episode. There was the episode of That Gets My Goat, where Big and I were driving home from Las Vegas and... We tried to brainstorm a story together, and we got part of the way into it, and then it was time for us to go our separate ways. And I never felt like that was a successful episode, because A, we didn't finish the brainstorming session, and then two, that story didn't end up getting written by Big and me. Uh, I did pick it up a couple of years later, and it became a mark on the sky, which uh, I like quite a bit. And I credited the story to me in Big. I probably should pay him royalties, but I don't think that there is a denomination smaller than a penny yet. So I wasn't sure whether to release this episode or not. But this weekend I had nothing to do, and so I grabbed the recording and I started to edit it. And this morning I opened the file to continue editing it. I, I got about four minutes into it, five minutes into it last night. And this morning I opened the file and it was done and it had music on it. And I thought, no, I only got like five minutes into that thing last night. How is it? And then I checked the, the date on the file and I had done this in February. I had opened the original recording and done an entire edit complete with music and I had forgotten about that. Why I didn't release it then, I'm not sure, except for I, I still had these doubts in my mind that anyone would enjoy this episode. And then I also did write the story that went to it. And so why would I release an episode about the brainstorming of a story that you could go by if you really wanted to? You know the answer to that. But here it is. I'm going to just release it as an episode, and uh, I'll, maybe I'll say something to you at the end. But since it's all edited, I feel like it's a, a bonus for me. I started it last night thinking, okay, that's what I'll be working on this week. But it's done already. That's what I worked on in February. So if you possibly can, enjoy. Hello there. This is Rish Outfield, and this isn't necessarily an episode of the Rish Outcast. 
We will see what happens on the other side, but it's September 2020, and one of the goals that I set myself for the month is to write a story. I say, a, write a good story, and that's really all you need to hear. There is a, a backstory to that goal. I was out ta uh, taking pictures of the sunset at the cabin on a dam by myself, and uh, turns out I wasn't by myself. A guy came up to me, and uh, he sort of inspired this goal of, I need to write a good story in September. And I'm very close to finishing the story that I started at the end of August. I mean, it's taken me way too long. I think I started it on August 19th, and it shouldn't take me that long to write a short story, but sometimes it does. And I could have finished that story today if I'd really applied myself, but I didn't. I guess I still could. It's only 7.30 at night. But the next project that I, that I start needs to be this good story. I'm, I'm saying quotes in the air. And so I, I've been thinking, what, what, what kind of story do I want to write? And the sister of a person that I know got married a couple of months ago, and she posted a two-month anniversary video on her Instagram. Oh, I think it was uh, stories, those, story, those things that are only up for a day, and I never finished watching it. I started watching it at my cousin's house, and it gave me this idea for the story, uh, and I meant to watch the rest when I got home. All those, those story things are only like 15 seconds long, right? Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't it doesn't know. matter. It gave me the idea of writing a story about a married couple. They've only been together for two months, but they have their first fight. And it's a knockdown, dragout fight. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's one of those fights that you should have had during your courtship. Uh, of ideology, of I believe this and you believe that, and those things do not go together. But I'm taking the inspiration from this girl and her husband who got engaged in April and got married in June. I, I think that that's how it worked. I don't know. The amount of time I have talked to the, either the bride or the groom could fit on the head of a pin. But they had known each other for a good long time. They had loved each other for X number of years slash months, whatever it is, but they hadn't been engaged. And then they wasted absolutely no time once they got engaged of let's get this thing over with. Also, you know, there was the pandemic and there were the extenuating circumstances of you're not supposed to get together with a bunch of people. And, and they didn't go along with that at all. They had the big marriage with all the relatives and the dancing and the singing anyway. And I remember at the time thinking, well, that's irresponsible, isn't it? Later, I found out that everybody in the family, uh, except for the bride, had gotten COVID-19 months ago. I guess it's possible that the bride did too, but... Huh. They'd gotten COVID-19 
early in the year, like before people were really sure, you know, how you knew whether you had it or not. And then eventually they all got tested and sure enough, they had had it. And so maybe that made them feel like, yeah, we can do what we want. I don't care. I do what I want. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so the point I was trying to make is I am driving home now and I meant to sit down and type this up just like a proposal to myself. Rish, you and I have known each other for a good long time and I think it may be time for us to take the next step. No, not that kind of proposal. A, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is how it starts. This is how maybe it ends. Here's an idea for the middle. Because I've been thinking about this a lot today and yesterday. September is a 30-day month. But it's going to go by in the time that it takes me to record this. So I need to get on this. Because the consequences of failing this particular goal, resolution, whatever... Uh, could be dire. So they had a very short courtship. And so they didn't ever have this particular argument. And, and I'm not sure what the argument is. Uh, what was I had an idea for something just yesterday where I thought, well, what about this? You know, something like political or something about euthanasia, something about abortion, something about religion, something about guns, something about, you know, the GOP, something about the afterlife, something ideological where she feels one way strongly and he doesn't feel that way and she makes a really big deal about it. A big enough deal that he's just like, whoa, 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 why are you freaking out about this? What? And she's like, I'm not freaking out. How dare you say that I'm, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and then it just becomes a screaming match. And finally she says, get out. Um, oh, I had this idea because I was at the cabin, of course, when I was thinking of it, that they go and they rent a cabin for a weekend. You know, it's $300 for a weekend or so. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know that there are people up there where our family has its cabin that do that. They rent it out to other people, and you're not supposed to do that, but they do, and it's a good way to make money, and it costs a lot in, it's not homeowner's fees, but there's some kind of organization, the people that keep the roads clear, that kind of stuff, it costs a lot for that, then there's property taxes, if you don't live in a place and it's just there for leisure, they really, really stick the pin in deep. And so I, it's totally understandable if you aren't using the cabin all the time that you would rent it out to somebody and say, here you go. And, you know, it's furnished. Here's the key and just bring it back to us on uh, on Monday. So they go up and do this. and It's just the two of them. And then they have their their fight, their argument. And she says, get out. Here's a funny thing. I couldn't decide whether the main character should be the, the, the husband or the wife. I mean, obviously, I'm more inclined to write about the husband because that's going to be easier for me to put my head in that space. And if that were the case, then I don't think I'd be writing about this guy who just got married in June 
I think I would be writing about me. And it probably wouldn't be about this girl that I don't know, but it would be about her sister that I do know. I... I don't know. I don't know! But it's something worth thinking about. And I thought, if I were really ambitious, and you guys know me, I'm not. Otherwise, there would be so many more episodes and so many more subscribers. And I think these episodes would be better. I have some ambition, just a tiny, tiny bit that I've been nurturing, trying to get some sunlight onto. But if I were really ambitious, I would write two versions of this story. And I would write one that is about the husband and one that is about the wife. And they are, he said, she says, of the same event. Because what happens is the husband goes and he takes a walk and he's just angry. And maybe he said something to her that he can't take back. And we've all done that. One time I told Big Anklevich, I said, how can you be so arrogant? And it's been a dozen years or so, uh, 2009 or so that I said that. And it still bothers me. I wish that I hadn't said it. I wish I could take it back. But we've all done that. You say something in the heat of the moment when you're angry or you're, your goat's been gotten. And it comes out harder than you mean it to, or it doesn't. But you can't unsay it. It's there. That's something that I was thinking. You know, he's stewing, but at the same time, he's angry at himself. Maybe not, though. Maybe she really was hysterical over something that should not be that big of a deal. And he thinks that she's blown it out of proportion, and he's angry about it. And so he does this walk, and he goes up on the dam that overlooks the lake. And it's a beautiful panoramic view of the lake on one side, the forest on the other side, and he's alone, and there are birds, and there are fish jumping in the lake, and it's beautiful, and he he's alone. He wishes that she were there. Let me come up with a name for the girl. Uh, I'm going to say Kayla is the girl's name, because there's a girl that I know named Kayla, and she's nice. She's married. Don't don't think that I'm interested in her or anything like that. I just, I like her because she's nice. And I've never named a character after her. And that's what I do. I name characters after people that I like. Uh, and there are a couple people that I dislike that I have named characters after as well. Thus, immortalizing them for three months. If that. Three days. Three minutes. So her name is Kayla. And he realizes Kayla's not there to share this with him. It's, it's beautiful. And he feels regret. And he turns and he thinks, well, I'm going to go talk to her and I'm going to bury my pride and I'm going to apologize. And as he turns, there's a man standing on the dam with him. And, and the man is close. And the guy doesn't know how he didn't notice the guy approaching. But he didn't. And the man comes up and he observes the lake and says, we're going to have a spectacular sunset today if you want to stick around. Don't know where you're going, but if you want to stick around. And the guy says, yeah, well, maybe. Maybe my wife and I will come out here and watch the sunset. And he says, ah, your wife. Been married long, etc., etc. Small talk. 
And then the stranger says something about the wife. Let's say that he says, uh, is she pretty? That young wife of yours? And the guy, uh, let's say that his name is Tom. I don't know. I, let's say Mitch. Mitch says, yeah, oh, she's, she's beautiful. And the guy says, is she beautiful on the inside? And Mitch says, not so much. And then as soon as he said it, he regrets having said it. But the guy, the stranger, has picked up on this and he says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he says. I, I, I know. want there to be sort of a wager that is placed between this stranger and Mitch. And I'm not as creative as I thought I was. I, I, nothing is coming. Let's say that the stranger says, funny you should say that. Did you guys have an argument by any chance? And Mitch says, yes. And the stranger says, you're not able to, you weren't able to steer her in the right direction. You weren't able to convince her of the error of her ways. And Mitch says, no. No, she's really set in her ways, more so than I was. But uh, I'm not going to let her know that. It, it, it got really ugly really fast over this. And so the stranger says, I think you're selling yourself short, mister. I think you could march back there and convince her that you are right and that she is wrong. What do you think? And I said, oh, I wish I could. I wish I had that kind of ability. And the stranger says, wishes are funny things. If you go there and talk to her right now and sway her to your way of thinking, then I think you guys will have a healthy, prosperous marriage for years and years to come. And Mitch says, well, thanks, mister. I, I'm going to go. And the stranger says, but if you go there and you can't convince her, or you just roll over and say she's right and you're wrong, even though you're not, your marriage is going to crumble. It's going to fall apart. It's going to be as though you never got married at all. And when he says that, a bunch of ducks or waterfowl suddenly fly up from the lake as though they've been startled. And Mitch looks over and he watches them and thinks that was a little bit strange. You, do you think that there are bears here or, or, or predators that might scare up? And there's no man on the bridge. He's gone. Mitch looks over the side and he doesn't see the stranger there. Uh, and the other side is fairly steep and it's just rocks. And the stranger was an old man. He hopes that he didn't go down that way because, you know, one wrong step and you would go down hard. But he doesn't look over that side for some reason. Instead, he just turns and he walks back to the end of the dam. And he's thinking 
He glances back at the dam. There's nobody there. And he becomes afraid. And he runs the rest of the way back to the cabin. For a moment there, he starts to take a wrong path. And he, he almost gets lost. And he begins to panic. He doesn't know why, but he's worried about Kayla. He wishes that he hadn't left her there. And he gets back to the cabin. And Kayla says, where were you? And he said, I, I, I went for a walk, but I'm back now. And she says, do you have anything to say to me? And the husband, he pauses for a moment. He thinks about it and he thinks about what the stranger said and he's disturbed by it all of it has a much more ominous undertone to it now and he says kayla i love you and i don't want to fight with you but i don't agree with what you said before and i think that we need to clear the air between us and come to some kind of understanding. And she says, oh, I was hoping for an apology. And immediately, Mitch is tempted to apologize. Of course he is. I mean, look at her. She's right there. What he wouldn't give to be able to touch her right now. I mean, even though she's his wife and he could touch her. You know what I mean? To have her want him to touch her. And yet... If you roll over, if you apologize, your marriage will crumble. In fact, it'll be like you never got married at all. And those words are just resonating with him. And, and he says, Kayla, I, I shouldn't have said what I said. I was just frustrated and you were so emotional about it. But if we can discuss this without emotion, maybe you can understand where I'm coming from. And he tries to convince her. And for a moment there, she seems to be listening. But it's a fleeting moment. And her guard comes up. And maybe he says the wrong thing again. Maybe he steps on her feelings or tells her to calm down. Because, you know, women love, love. to be told to calm down. Even if they're hysterical. The days of slapping a girl and she realizes that she needed that are long behind us. But he tells her to calm down and she escalates. And she says, I don't know why I've ever married you. I don't know. You're just like every other guy. And that really hurts because Mitch is not just like every other guy. And his first inclination is to strike back. He knows a couple of things about her that he, if he brought them up, they would really hurt. But he chooses not to. And he says, I don't like hearing that. It hurts me. I think you're wrong in that too. But you aren't like every other girl. You are special. You are better than they are. And that's why it sucks to see you acting this way and to see you so ordinary and she responds to that like he slapped her in the face and in his mind he just took the high road 
but she doesn't see it that way. And that's it. Take me home, she says. He wants to mention the sunset out on the dam, but they're going to miss that sunset. And they drive. And we drive. Now that I have found someone, I'm feeling more. As he's driving, he just sees than I ever had. He's so angry and it feels like heartbreak. It feels like something inside him has broken. He, When he played football, he fractured a couple of ribs and it feels like that. I... <laughs> I don't know why I suddenly became emotional thinking about it. It's just, he feels like it's all over. And they're just driving in silence. And as they're getting close to town, she says, when you walked out, I hoped that you would come back and that you would apologize to me for what you said. And I was willing to let it go and just chalk this up as our first fight and something that we just needed to get out of the way and then we could move on, but you wouldn't apologize. And he said you wouldn't. And I hoped he was wrong. And and Mitch says, who, what are you talking about? She says, oh, he told me not to tell you, but as I was waiting for you to come back, one of our neighbors walked past and he waved at me. He was an old man. And he asked me why I was crying, what was wrong, if he could help with anything. And we got to talking. And he said that men are all the same. And they have to be right. Otherwise, they're not men in their eyes. And I said, Mitch isn't like that. Mitch is better. He'll apologize. And the man said, I bet you he won't. And I took him up on that bet. And Mitch says, what, what did you bet? The girl shakes her head and says, it doesn't matter. But it matters. And he says, what did you bet? The man said, if he does apologize, if you're right, then you'll be married for 50 years. But if he doesn't, and you don't know him as well as you think you do, then it'll be like you never got married at all. And he was right. We've been together two months and now it's over. When people ask me, I'll tell them I've never been married. And that hurts worse than the fractured ribs that Mitch got in high school. And Mitch says, no, you've got to listen to me. And she said, I'm done listening to you. I'm done wasting my time. Says, I saw that same man when I was on the dam. What damn, what are you talking? I saw that same man and he made me a wager just the same way, except for the other way that I wouldn't apologize. He, he was manipulating us. He, I don't think he was a man at all. And she laughs at such a cheap attempt. It's not worthy of him. Well, of the him that she thought she married. And Mitch pulls the car over on the side of the road. And he says, no, no, we have to talk about this. This guy manipulated us. We're not. And she opens, she takes off her seatbelt. She opens the door. Maybe she doesn't wear a seatbelt. No, don't do that. You can't put that much realism in there. She gets out and Mitch sits there for a second. He's so 
angry, but he's also confused and he's worried. And what has just happened? He gets out of the car to go after her and she's gone. There's no sign of her. He goes back in the car to get his phone. He knows there's probably not cell service here, but he gets back in the car and her suitcase is gone. His suitcase is on the seat where she was. Her smell is gone from the car. And Mitch heads back to town and instead of going to the little house that he and Kayla were renting, he goes to his dad's house where he was staying in the weeks leading up to the wedding because he needs advice from his dad. His, his dad will understand. His dad will tell him what to do. And when he gets there, his sister is there and his sister's husband. And they're surprised that Mitch is back. And they say, how did it go? And he says, the thing up at the cabin. And she said, yeah, do you, are you feeling any better? And he says, I don't. And the sister and the dad share a look, a knowing look. And he says, feeling better about what? And the dad says, son, you went up there to sort out your head, right? To think about what you want to do with your life, what you want to do now. And Mitch says, no, Kayla and I went up there. It's our two-month anniversary, and we had this, this fight. There, there was this man out on a bridge. and I, No, it was, it was a dam. It wasn't a bridge. And, and, and he said that I couldn't apologize to her, uh, that I would be weak, my, uh, that I needed to be able to convince her. And the dad says, son, stop. What are you talking about? Two-month anniversary. And the sister thinks and she says, oh, this would have been two months. And the dad and the sister are both really sympathetic, but in the, the way that you're really sympathetic to a sick person, that's not going to get better. And he says, what do you mean would have been? And the dad says, you went up there with Kayla. You guys got married and you went up there for your, what was your, your anniversary? And he says, yes, but then she was gone from the car. And, and the dad says, son, you broke up. You guys didn't get married. You called it off. You know that. Did you really go up to the cabin this weekend and imagine what it would have been like if the two of you had gone up together. Mitch stands up and he looks at the shelf, the shelf, what do you call it? The mantle where the family pictures are. And there's no picture from the wedding of him and Kayla there. There's not even a spot where that picture would have been. And outside the window of the house, a bunch of birds fly up from his dad's apple tree as though something startled them. There you go. The end. Okay, so that has been a really unusual experience for me. I'm not one of those that can easily hide. You know, I don't I don't have much money, but boy, if I did. I don't do that. I don't write stories on the fly, come up with stories like that because it never works. And there are always super long spaces of me thinking and saying, um, uh, which there probably were in this as well, but I cut it out. <sighs> that's funny. I, I feel like that's pretty solid. I didn't know what was going to happen. It just came to me as I was working it out. 
I liked the idea because I am the loneliest dude you'll ever know. And when I go up to the cabin, I have conversations with people that aren't there. Sometimes it's with a girl. Sometimes it's, it's just working out story points. Sometimes it's movie stuff. It's, it, you know, welcome to this secluded location, Mr. Bond. Believe me, no one's around to hear you scream. I was doing that, just talking and that. And I thought about just how awful that would look to somebody, you know, how crazy I would seem, how sad I must look like to other people. And I try not to think about that because I've no illusions. Nobody's going to look at me and be like, wow, I wish I were like that. I have a very active fantasy life because I have to. It has kept me going. I talked in one of my Patreon addresses the other day about I was jogging past this house where I saw a ghost once. And I'm always nervous when I go past the house because I saw a ghost there once. And uh, I'm nervous as I run past there. And the light, the street light was out in front of the house. And so it was just black in front of this house. And as I was running by, I got this image in my mind of a woman, a dead woman coming out of the darkness toward me. And for a second, just a second, not very long, but just a second, I saw her. She was there coming toward me. And I went, and I jumped out into the street and was run down and killed by a passing motor car. No, and my adrenaline kicked in. The fight or flight thing kicked in. I know that there wasn't a ghost there. And yet my mind for a second said that there was. Why am I telling you that? Oh, because I just thought about that. I thought about the conversations that I have, the arguments that I have. The Sometimes it's constructive. It's, it's, com- it's trying to come up with dialogue or scenes for stories and that, you know, I... Basically, at this point, I live for my writing and to go jogging, right? My friends are so few and far between. If you guys knew the high points of my week, you would weep. You'd run out to the nearest cathedral and light a candle for me, even if you're Jewish. And so I just thought about that. And I thought, what if the ending of the story is that he never had this argument at all. Everybody just thinks that he imagined that he'd gone up there with her in the first place, that this was all in his head. And so there, there you go. I guess I guess I was working toward that, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. Now, unfortunately, I have to write it. But boy, that was, that was fun, huh? The two of us going on this little journey together. Let's do it again sometime. What do you say? Well, there you go. Rish from the future again, uh, from May 2021, talking to you. What you just heard was from September 2020, and who knows when you are listening to it. I did finally put out that story. For the longest time, I wanted to call it Two-Month Itch, but I realized that it was a play on Seven-Year Itch, and without year... The title just didn't work. If it was two-year itch, I think it would still not be a good title, but it would not be a terrible title. 
but two-month itch is terrible. And so I changed the title to Two-Month Retreat, which it's debatable as to whether that is bad, but I'm okay with it. I, I also bandied about the idea of calling it First Fight, and the story itself is... Uh, you know, I don't know why that mysterious stranger let me live another day because I recorded it and then I re-recorded it because I thought it was so bad. And basically what it was was that I, I had come up with this idea that they needed to have an argument. And so what should they argue about? And 2020 was the most divisively political year of my lifetime. Politics entered into everything. And we're still feeling that today, but it's, it's, it doesn't have as sharp of teeth. I was going to say it doesn't have the teeth that it had in 2020, but the teeth are still there. They just, I, I don't think they are filed down quite as sharp. And those politics entered into that story. The politics of the day entered into a, a, a story, another story I wrote that I quite like called Podcatcher. And you could go buy that. In fact, buy that instead. But when I decided, when I was trying to decide what the young couple that I was arguing about, uh, it naturally became political, about the politics of the day, and I chose for it to be about capital punishment. Uh, it was just supposed to be like a little tidbit. We get, you know, they, they had had their first fight, and he had said this, and she had said that, and then he needed to take a walk. But that's not what happened. I ended up writing the majority of the argument, and when I sat down and recorded it, I expanded out the argument because it was like, oh, well, if she said that, why didn't he say this? And then why didn't she take it in this way? And I realized at the end of that very first recording session that the argument had tipped over the story and it made it so top heavy that that's what the story was about. And it bummed me out because that's not what the story was supposed to be about. These were two people that loved one another and they let an argument get between them it shouldn't have been about capital punishment. It should have been about pineapple on pizza or, you know, whether you should spank your kids or, you know, well, I, I guess that could be pretty divisive too, but it should have been something where afterward he's like, I'm not sure why we were so angry about something like that. Whether it's okay to give your kids, to you know, let your kids drink beer at a party at your own house, you know, because you're, you would rather they do it there under your supervision than out at some stranger's house. That's an argument that two people could get into that's not, that's not going to overwhelm the rest of the story. And so what I ended up doing was I, I recorded the rest of the story, and then on a third recording session, I sat down and I re-recorded the first section trying to cut it down, cut it back, make the argument less, less of like what I said with the, maybe he could say this, and then she says this. And the thing is, it's still too long. The first section was about 14 minutes long, and now it's about nine and a half minutes long, maybe even 10. 
it probably should have been five or four. But it is what it is. I didn't want to keep going over it again and again and again because that is taking time away from what I should be doing, which is the stories that I'm currently working on, the stories that I'm not done with. I started a story, I feel like it was in April, and I'm still not done with it. And a year ago, last year at this time, in two weeks, that story would have been done. And I think it would have been better because if you write it in a very short span of time, you can keep it in your head better and you don't end up repeating yourself over and over again and retreading stuff that you've already said because it's been so long you forgot that you said it. That is my opinion, but that's how I feel. Anyway, if you'd like to check out the finished product, it is out there. It's called Two Month Retreat. And um, check it out if you're curious. But I really appreciate you listening to this story. And let me know if this sort of thing is interesting to you. Whether you would rather just read the finished product or whether you like these brainstorming sessions. Because the thing that you just heard, the brainstorm is actually pretty different in many ways to the finished product. Once you sit down to write, you have to pick a path. And whatever path, whatever choices you make lead to other choices. And eventually it diverges a little bit from what you were kicking around in your head. Like uh, the girl in the story that I wrote is named... Kaydee, K-A-Y-D-E-E. Not because I like that name. I love the name Katie with a T. It's my favorite name, in fact. In fact, I, I remember when my cousin had his first kid and he named her Katie. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do that because I'm going to name mine that. And I, I never ended up having any kids, so glad somebody used it. Yeah, and it's such a rare name, too. You know, it would have gone unused, like seven for George Costanza. But K-A-Y-D-E-E, that's just irritating. I, 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 sorry, this episode is long enough, I realize. But she was Kayla in The Brainstorm. And I think I did end up naming a kid Kayla in a story around that time. That's what I do. I name characters after people that I am around. Uh, Laura Deming in... Like a Good Neighbor was named after a woman that I worked with whose last name was Deming. And then there was a girl that I kind of crushed on whose last name was Holcomb. And Old Widow Holcomb got her name from her. And both of them are completely gone from my life for years now. Seven or eight years, right? But those names live on. I continue to write Laura and the Witch stories long, long after... Both Deming and Holcomb are not even absent friends. Mere farts in my memory. So this episode has now become long. But that's good. It gives me something to edit. Like I said, let me know about the brainstorming thing. And if you want to buy that story, go ahead and do so. And, you know, maybe I will run it on The Outcast at some point. But here's a promise to you. I'm not going to run it this year. I'm too close to it, too unhappy with it, and I feel like I got to vent a little bit about the problems with the story right now, so I no longer have to do an episode about it. 
I'm sure it'll show up in one of my audio collections. And uh, you can buy those. Thanks again. Support me on Patreon if you care to. You would have gotten that whole story where the devil came to me. The devil went down to outfield, I should have called it. And uh, that was really, really fun. I got to put some nice, cool harmonica music, like blues harmonica. And uh, that's good. Maybe we'll see more stuff like that. Maybe. I don't know. Gather round. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This burlap sack filled with squirming madness was produced under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 3.0 license. That sounds crazy too, I realize. But it means that you may download and copy the files free of charge. But they do not belong to you. You cannot charge for them or alter them for your own purposes. And I suggest you consider going to www.patreon.com forward slash Rish Outfield to support the show if you would like to encourage more of this madness. Good night. Still, he looked forward to seeing Cook and his oversized horse, de todos modos. That's just stupid. I can't do it. I tried it. I, it was something I tried. Still, he looked forward to seeing Cook and his oversized horse, in any case. I don't know about oversized. Colossal was a word I liked. Jumbo horse, gigantic horse, extra large horse. Still, he looked forward to seeing Cook and his colossal horse, in any case. I don't know that colossal is the best word either. Huge horse, massive horse, oversized horse, gigantic horse, enormous horse. Still, he looked forward to seeing Cook and his enormous <laughs> in any case. In any case. Everyone on campus knew the Phi Beta Delta fraternity. Everyone on campus knew the Phi Beta Delta fraternity. Darn. Everyone on, everyone on campus knew the Phi Beta Delta fraternity. Why can't I say that? Everyone on campus knew the Phi Beta... Oh no, English is no longer English. Shoot. Everyone... God damn it. Everyone on campus knew the Phi Beta Delta fraternity. The Phi Beta Delta fraternity. Ben had read the dime novels and pulp magazines about the lean rider's exploits as told to Sidney Rembrandt, and would often read them aloud. Ooh, I found a typo. They make silver dollars with Braille on them now. Apparently I misspelled Braille. How the hell do you spell Braille? Oh, it's capitalized. That's what it is. I did record another one of those stories for inclusion into... You can't talk while you're yawning, kid. Guess you'll have your own story to write about this time. Oh, do you want to do it with your mouthful? Guess you'll have your own story to write about this time, Ben said, chewing. When Super Bowl time... When Super Bowl time came... 
the same uncle he'd won a bundle from in January, the same uncle he'd won a bundle from in January, was willing to pay the same uncle Chad had won a bundle from, the same uncle Chad had won a bundle the same uncle Chad had won a bundle from in January, was willing to place a bet on the New York Giants, and they split il- and they split eleven hundred dollars. Wait one more time. You wouldn't laugh if you heard them singing. It gave me goosebumps. If you see the Waffle Iron Man, just run away as fast as you can. Try not to look him in the eye unless that is you wanted. Oh, shit! Karina exclaimed, her hands going to her chest. I'm going to have her try and sing it. If you see the Waffle Iron Man, just run away as fast as you can. <laughs> 